welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have Stephen Sharon on. How are you today, man? I'm great, my friend. How are you? Nice to see good, you, Sean. Good, good. I'm glad you're on. So you have been, everyone knows you notoriously for being Kick Tracy. But then since then, you've been in a couple other bands and um, it's even crazy. I want to say too much in Kick Tracy land, but the songwriting mm-hmm. and your vocals mm-hmm. coming up, your, your voice, I didn't realize as much until I was listening to your solo stuff. I hear very David Bowie, John Lennon, classic rock sound. Was that probably a closer influence to you vocally? Uh, look, I'm 55 years old. I mean, that classic rock is right in my wheelhouse. So it's, that's, I grew up listening to KQ92, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Minneapolis, born in Detroit. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm all about the, the classic rock. I well, I mean, I'm, I'm 50, so to me, it's the same thing. I think really classic. It's like it's rock. That's the whole yeah. way I'm. Yeah, I, so to, just, to that point, I hear that instead of the 80s rock more. That's who I hear from you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I think I've evolved as well. So, you know, when you're, when you're younger, you're, I, I listen to the KT stuff, you, you know, to these days, and, which is very rarely, but when I do hear it, I, I'm just like, oh, that, <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I was spirited, you know, but it's definitely a different singer than I am. Today. It's, it's different, but I, I, can, I can see the, the line where it's linear, and yeah. I can see some very some mature songwriting early on, some of your vocals. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. As I, I, so I go back, for, right before we do this, I go back, I listen to your stuff, I'm kind of like, kind of like deep dive and everything, get a refresher. Cool. <laughs> so, so but, but with that, with um, your, your voice and, and, and with Kick Tracy, when you came in and you joined the band, because I don't think you guys were a rock, like a metal band or a glam band, you guys looked more like Kind of rocky, but even kind of more like a, like a like a gothy Sisters of Mercy, but you kind of sounded more like a more like almost like a rock band, you know, or a pop band with some good heavy guitar on some parts. I never, I honestly never, you know, considered uh, Kate Tracy a hair metal, or whatever they try to, yeah. you know, put you in some kind of you know kind of label, um, but. You know, I just always thought of us as an original rock band, and um, well, that's that, that's the thing. It, it's like literally, I bought the cassette. I remember coming out buying a cassette, and you know, you heard one song, and I'm like, oh, kind of heavy, being promoted. And then I went and I listened to the whole thing. I'm like, this doesn't really feel like a, a heavy rock band. I mean, it stayed in my rotation, and we're talking about it right now, and you've you know, yep. still to this day. But I'm like, it's actually better than being just that because it had so many other layers. You know, very a lot of mellow to it, and then you did Field Trip, which was yeah. a total left turn, Trance. That was totally, in my opinion, I think I'm like, I didn't know where that was coming from, you know. You know, that song, I, Johnny was, uh, it, it started with that beat, you know, and I was like, dude, just keep doing that. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, it's kind of how songwriting is. He was just down there uh, uh, laying something down in the, the whole band. We always lived together, which I, I, I love that. I, I love the old days of when all the whole band would live together in community the same room. and yeah, and just like you're living, eating and breathing it, you know, you wake up mm-hmm. and it's like, what was that riff you were playing oh, yeah, yesterday, yeah. last night, whatever. And, you know, you just, so he was doing that beat and I think I started doing the old, you know, and it just, and it, you know, an entrance kind of happened. <laughs> it, but it's interesting because and that's what i'm saying like listen to your, your stuff now and like trying to like listen to everything on the same period it's kind of neat how it overlaps a little bit <clears throat> you can hear pieces and parts carry over and um because you weren't a metal singer so it's that kind of reflective of the beginning of where your journey was to now thank you for not referring to me as a metal singer <laughs> I, I i literally consider myself a soul singer you know i i it's coming from a, a place that's just you know real if it requires you know if, if the lyric mm-hmm. or the the feeling requires a scream then so be it but you know i'm i'm a soul singer man I'm, it's just keep it real That's you, really you are and you have more of a melody to your the way you sing it and you're, you're you know it's a you're a soft loud singer <laughs> a soft what soft loud singer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your voice isn't it's, it's, you know it's not screechy it's a clean sound but you've got power behind it so to me it's like you know it's not invasive it's, it's nice but it's 
it's there. It's strong. Thank you, brother. And you have a couple of voices too. I do. Which is interesting. Okay. And that I might as well just kind of, we're going to, we're going to go all around here. All with around. your different voices, I know you've been, and I tried to read some, some ground a lot, and a couple bands wanted to try you out, which is pretty flattering. Yeah. Uh, try out for Velvet Revolver, uh, Crew, and then uh, SDP. Yes. Correct? Um, I could totally hear you doing SDP with your voice. I could play you uh, the demos I did for them, and you would think, you know, I can, that was the thing. It's like I kind of cut my teeth. Being from the the Midwest, um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't. Where are you, by the way? I'm in I'm New England, Connecticut. Oh, okay, cool. So you know, you know, we, I I cut my teeth being uh, in cover bands and doing mm -hmm. three four sets a night, squeezing in an original, and then like going enough of this. But I'm good at I can emulate voices if need be, and and you know, cover stuff. But yeah, the 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 STP gig boy of all of them felt like the best fit, and it was really kind of ironic to go through the velvet revolver thing and then you know he was the guy that they were really looking i know for. it's kind of funny that the, the, the band the, the connection between the two yeah the whole time uh you know they wanted scott but they were just kind of going through and i mean i don't know if you ever saw the vh1 inside Out. i did and i have a question for you about that actually because it kind of surprised me and i'm gonna be honest with you it's been gnawing at the back of my craw of my brain for a very long time actually whenever that comes up seriously uh -huh. Uh, editing, you know, so, so they, 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 so when they did the review and they listened to your song and they yeah, yeah. totally bashed on, on Supergirl. Now, listen to all your songs. That song actually feels like it's out of context to anything you write, and or it was edited in a way that there was some kind of twist to it where it's not what it really, where it really feels like discourses. Yeah, well, the reason I was even able to do another two songs um, is. I, you would, would is because of a song called Soul Shine. And that was the first Soul Shine I walked in. So I spent like an hour and a half, maybe two hours with the band, Velvet Revolver, that is, in, in, yeah. in the rehearsal room, sang a couple of GNR tunes. Uh, you know, they started playing some original ideas, which kind of scatting over that stuff. They're like, awesome. They hand me a piece of music. And, uh, you know, work, you know, check that out and see what you come up with that, uh, you know, on that thing. And, and I wrote this piece called Soul Shine and I dropped it off. And I believe it's actually like you're saying when you went in TV editing, I think when I was dropping that off to Slash, that was actually Soul Shine that I was dropping off and not Stripper Girl. I, I did three songs with them. There's another one. I forget the title, but, um, so anyway, I drop off Soul Shine and my manager, like literally 20 minutes later, he go, he calls me up <clears throat> and I was driving away and uh, he's like, dude, they're flipping out, <laughs> you know, on, on the song Soul Shine that I, I just turned into them. They're like, you know, and I kind of got chill. I get chills when I talk about it now because, you know, it's just, it's a great opportunity, but uh, and, and the song's amazing. I'll send it to you. you you'll, yeah, you'll, I'll like, check it out. I mean, I mean, it I just is feel like a, so much more to this piece that never got talked about. And I just, yeah, and it, it, it's you know, again, they always wanted Scott, and they need to figure out somehow to you know editing. It was you know, pick, they made a show out of the search for the singer. It came down to myself and another Stephen from England. If you saw the piece, but yep. anyway, um, you know, I. <laughs> If you listen to to the song "Stripper Girl," which again, it wasn't even—I don't even remember if it was called that. I—I I, I don't even know. Yeah, they, that, they, they said it. They said it, and they have you singing it like twice. And I'm like, yeah. God! Out of all the music I listened to, your your two soul albums, and 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 Kick Tracy, and everything you've done in between, and you do you do the Who thing. I'm like, "Stripper Girl" does does not sound like, unless it's some kind of ironic twist to something else. Like a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, it's, it's part of something bigger. Like you're you're painting a, you know, with words, you're painting a picture, and you're 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 building to something. Not you're not just that's not the punchline. <laughs> well, it's funny that I became the stripper girl guy, but anyway, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I you know, I, I didn't get the gig. They always wanted Scott. I'm honored in all these situations and circumstances to get the call. Yeah. You know, obviously, honestly, you are. You know, you're that close. It was just who's had those opportunities that's been considered. By all those artists. Yeah. So it's it's fantastic. As a kid who grew up in the Midwest and, like I said, was singing, 
you know, a lot of the, you know, the crew, I mean, and then to be able to go in the room with, with the crew and throw down some of those songs, Livewire. I mean, I spent four hours in the room with the crew. You that know? must have been insane. Another thing, I, the vocals, that would have been crazy to hear. That would have been <laughs> insane. It was fun. Uh, you know, again, did a few original or did a few covers, you know, I think we started off with Livewire, you know, which I've done a hundred thousand times and it's always a fun song to play, but God, I, I literally have never uh, been in a rehearsal uh, situation where it was so loud. I mean, it was like, I, I, I stepped into a, like a circle of monitors that was like, kind of like my own world. Yeah. There was a, a monitor mixing guy, you know, a, a live engineer. And it was just like, is it like that? Um, there's a clip on there of when John got in the band, like some raw footage, black and white footage that's out there. It looks like it's almost like a, like a huge giant garage full of equipment. Yeah. I mean, well, this, it sounds probably like what it was. It just looks ginormous. This, this room was uh, the big room uh, over by the Burbank airport. I, I forget the name of it, but you know, it was a, where they kind of, you know, just did their thing for months before touring or whatever they did. They just hold up, but yeah, it was a big room. And, you know, when something's that loud, you know, it's like sometimes, uh, funny enough, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's, it's coming at you in such a way that, you know, you, you have to like really, you know, um, kind of just concentrate more to find the one, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know it sounds weird, you know, of course, you know, the song, but it's, but it's it's just like the steamroller of you know, and you're like, okay. And then once you settle in, it's all fine. But man, there's there's a, it's like a it's like a it's unlike anything I've I'd experienced up until that point. I mean, I've played a lot of live you know loud shows and live shows and whatnot, but Jesus, they were loud. <laughs> you know, it is. I imagine, and, and then you can correct me or whatever. You're coming in, and and you had one big up and coming album, and it came out really good. And, and all these artists that picked you were like, you know, flying jets and stuff. <laughs> so clearly they're all like, I mean, you could fly it, but I don't know if you owned one. But my point is with the popularity yeah. and the power of these guys, the, the personalities were like um, larger than life cartoon type because it's just so, so huge. Sure. Huge hill guy. There's no, you know, hearing about Steven all over the papers and everything and TMZ and stuff. You're just kind of a singer songwriter. You kind of go home and that's it. You're kind of, so you're dealing, walking into a situation and all these things, except for SDP, they're pretty, they seem like they're pretty chill. But the other two bands, it's a lot of power behind those guys. Just the personalities, the yeah. energy. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. To I walk mean, into, just to hold your own has got to say a lot. Thank you. And I, I think I did. I, I, you know, I just, I, I just, when I reflect on it, I always find something about it, you know, because I, I, I literally can almost smell the room, you know, mm-hmm. like it's been 20 some whatever years. It, but every one of those situations, I know I can almost every, you know, word and interaction and, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a, a movie, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 yeah. a, it's a very bizarre experience because they, like you said, they're such characters and people that I, uh, you know, was, I looked up to, you know, and, and obviously right. I was covering their music and, and, um, when you find yourself in the room with them, you know, my, I, my 29 year old son was his at the time, was very good friends with Nikki's son, Gunner. And so I, I'd spent some time around with them. So I had a little bit of a comfort, you know, there was a, a, a built in kind of, mm-hmm. it wasn't really, but at the same time, when you're meeting and throwing down with these guys, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a dream, man. It's beautiful. And it's a dream come true. And I'm honored to, have, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's not bad that you didn't get it. I mean, you probably walked up being like, oh, if you heard about it, you're like, that sucks, but everything. But if you look how both things went, and, and both the guys went there, they're very much, like, you know, Scott Williams is kind of like a burning star, anyhow, like it was going to be fast and, yeah. and whatever. The whole band was very, you know, you know, the, the whole VH1 thing could have just been based on Matt Sorum being angry at everybody and Scott never showing up, and that would have been a 10 minute show. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> you know? I, you know, I, ironically, I walked out of, uh, the, the Motley thing, and I mean, 
I had chills, you know, and I was like, drive. I, it was a very surreal scene. I was driving away, and I remember it was like, like I said, near Burbank Airport, and, and I got in my car, and I was, and, and, you know, I was just kind of like decompressing, and you know, it's like mm-hmm. ears ringing and just, bot, you know, buzzing. But there was, I, there was something. Uh, I knew that that was not the gig for me. You know, I, I, I knew that it was enough. I didn't really, I just didn't want to step into those shoes. You know, it's like- I, I could imagine that. I, I was perfectly happy um, going on with my life with just that experience. I think he would have actually been more of a middle guy, more in the middle sound of Vince and John. I think John was probably the best move in the sound. If, if John couldn't cut through, because they needed to make, they needed to change totally to, to really try doing it. And it was a stellar album. But if that didn't make it, and that was a total thing. Anything else would have been a cover or you're copying him or you're trying to redo, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't have had a chance. It's, you don't fill those shoes like that without getting a lot of grief. <laughs> well, I had a chance. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you're saying, oh, anyway, yeah. I'm saying you're, better, you're probably better off. Yeah, exactly. You would have been an album and it would have been a good rock album, but you would have been lambasted because you would have been compared against something. It just wasn't, yeah, there was something literally in my being that I just knew and I was okay with not having, and and, and I was, again, just, uh, you know, an honor to, to be there and be, mm-hmm. to, to get that call. I mean, 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, I, this is when I used to sleep until noon. It's like my phone's ringing and I, I remember answering and, and it's making me sick. And I'm going, <laughs> he's like, hey man, he's like, it was like 11.30 in the morning, and, and, and he's like, uh, you know, Vince just left the band. Vince just, like, literally just walked out. He's like, well, what, you know, me and the guys are wondering if you want to come down. <laughs> I'm like, am I fucking dreaming? I'm part of my French, but it was just surreal. The whole thing was surreal, you know, and then a week later, I'm in the room. And it's, it's, it's cool. I, I, it's beautiful. It's a great memory. It is good. It is good. Um, those are just interesting things. And, and more to the point, I want I, the, the Supergirl I had to clear up. And I hope anybody that's watching this and hears this, we get this out there that was editing. There's so much more to your songwriting because it just, it just never made sense to me. You know, that I just felt like it was like, oh, my, that's a, a, a cut to be like jerks because they're like, Supergirl, we wouldn't even do this when we were in a band. You know, so I'm yeah. saying something. I'm like, this is not the guy who does, you know. <sighs> we're going to follow this up. I'm going to send you Soul Shine. And I'm telling you, you can share it with your listeners or do whatever you yeah. like with it. But I, I, yeah, you'll, please. You'll we'll understand listen. why it was that I was given the opportunity. Then they gave me two more songs. Now we're back on Velvet Revolver. And I did those and they chose to, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I felt there was a reason. And to do that one song, it wasn't like they pulled you out of nowhere after all the other stuff. That's, it didn't make sense. You're a better songwriter. So that's where we're really at. So when you did Kid Tracy, was it a, more of a collaborative songwriting process? It was. I mean, I either, um, you know, I would connect with either Greg or Mike or Rob. I mean, we mm-hmm. all kind of had our moments together, you know. I, um, like I said, it was wonderful to be, well, <laughs> blessing and a curse <laughs> yeah. to all be under the same roof. But I personally really like it because, like I said, it's kind of a living, breathing animal you know, animal yeah. entity that you wake up and you're just kind of just keep going and um so yeah you know i would connect with greg and we'd come up with the thing and then we we demo it and which a lot of those demos you probably we, we recently released the um you know the, the kt demos and yeah all. i heard that it's not on apple i was looking on itunes the other day for it it's not out there yet Strangely, i don't think it's not on apple i Anyway, I think it's on Spotify. But yeah, I don't use Spotify because what does the artist? I, I, I totally refuse to, to even support I, them. And I keep hearing this stuff on it. I'm like, it's like you guys are tempting me. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I don't want to support them. Yeah, I. I but things annoying. See, but anyway. It's another thing that's on Spotify that I can't hear on Apple or on YouTube or something. So you're killing me. Yeah. <laughs> so we would connect and, and, you know, like I said, it would, uh, we'd just work up a real basic idea. Um, and uh, and then bring it in a room, and then everyone can kind of do their thing and, and add their parts, and and uh, you know, were you writing a lot of acoustic? Because I'm just sort of going with your songwriting, your your style. Well, uh, I wasn't. I'm. I I would. You know, it's it's weird. I, um, 
I, I, I like to leave the guitar playing to a guitar player. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I can, I can play enough acoustic to write a song, you know, right. like literally like I three chords and the truth kind of a thing. That's, yeah. um, but in the KT days, uh, I, I just preferred to like, just, you know, concentrate on my instrument and coming up mm -hmm. with melodies and just have them play something and just, you know, let whatever happens naturally happen. So, um, I didn't know if you bang it out on an acoustic and kind of then it would evolve or give an idea, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, deal. a lot of times we did. A lot of times we would on, a, on an acoustic for sure and then demo it up in some way, shape, or form on the eight track or four track, whatever the hell we had back back then. But, um, you know, work up some version of it and, and get a, and then, you know, get a good version of it in the room and, and live and, you know, just hash and rehash. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. Like I said, you, you did the two albums that came out were very, both of them were kind of different and very mellow and it's a very rock, classic rock, very kind of. Yeah. I, know, I could probably go back into more. I could, even even the phrasing and and, and it, just, it was just at the time I just I can't put all the words like what it was at the time. How it really I, when I heard it, I was like, wow, this is crazy. It was just so it was kind of chill. It was very chill, it, you know. So so from there, when the band you know dissolved, I want to focus on oh, okay, Tracy. Then you did a couple of side things. Well, you did a lot of things in your life. I mean, there's, you know, I want to hit all your stuff here. Thank you. So buddy. you did a couple, you did, was it Zen from Mars, right? Zen from Mars, yeah. Heard one of the, I heard the, there's one song I've heard. I don't know if there's more out there. Uh, is it New Leaf? Called, yeah, yeah. I saw the video. That's a good song. Thank you. Um, is that coming out? I mean, I heard there's like some of your albums from the past are coming out, are supposed to. The, that is going to come out. Um, Drew and I, um, Drew Fortier, um, he's mm -hmm. a, that project came about, um, I guess he was a huge fan of Kick Tracy, and originally he had contacted me through one of the social media sites um, and was pitching the idea of, of doing a Kick Tracy documentary, much like the Bang Tango thing that he had done. Oh, that'd, be fun. that'd be really cool. And I was like, Hmm. you know i, I kind of shot it down at the time i, I you know i just thought eh. nevertheless then he after you know and then we we kind of connected you know and he's and then he then he shot off at me he's like listen i got all these songs that i was writing with joe lestay or for joe you know he was they actually talked about him being in the band this is pre bang tango and uh he goes and they you know they never nothing ever came of it joe didn't do anything with him he goes you want to check him out you know it's just my music and mm -hmm. the first thing the first thing he sent me was the acoustic version of newly i literally i mean i can play it for you right now it i love i love i just went wow and I, I just put it up on my thing and sang what you would hear on that that demo and and worked it up and then it was just literally one song after the next after the next and it was super um uh easy you know it was just really easy i loved his music and the where he was coming from and it was just it, it fit his phrasing and his um you know just the way he uh structured song you know mm -hmm. it, it worked for how i you know just worked for me so anyway, we've got, you know, there's like 12, 14 songs, something like that. And, um, and then we kind of started, uh, you know, recruiting different people to play on the project. And so we mm -hmm. got a friend of his was Chips Enough. And so he ended up playing bass on it, Chips Enough and Enough's Enough. Yep. This guy, Mike Heller, who's the drummer from, uh, God, I, I, it was a fear factory and yes thank you God, i always know yeah fear factory and then um Bryn arms from flip i don't know if you know him from flip he's uh minneapolis i i, I have a long history with Bryn. wrote a lot of music with him as well it's a whole nother story uh so i got brought him in he played on the tracks as well we picked a date to um to release it <clears throat> What all the mixes weren't done, so I went to Denver uh, with a guy named Richard uh, Easterling, who's done a lot of uh, Kiss stuff, and he's he's actually mixed a lot and recorded. He's he's brilliant. So I went there. Drew couldn't make it, and I 
to finish the version of the record. Okay, so, you know, not everyone's going to like it. Everyone, someone, something, maybe everyone will. Someone will, someone won't. You know, this when you're not there, you know, and it's, anyway, I completed a version of the record um, and it, it ran up against a little, you know, some, let's just say it, you know, not everyone liked it. Anyway, so I have that version. And then, so, and then Drew basically went off and he went and did his version. So I think what's, what's going to happen is, and we finally have come to terms with, we're going to release two, two versions of the record. It's, it's like two mixes and it's called intermission. Uh, so intermission one and intermission two, and they sound amazing. I mean, the songs are incredible. So, and really it, it, it makes sense because <laughs> in the end, one turned out to be my mission. The other turns out to be his mission. Does that, does that make That's sense? That's really cool. So, so, but they're both the same songs, just a different mix. They are, they are, but they'll be different in the sense that maybe one will have two or, you know, like two different songs. Right. The one will have a, yeah. They won't be exactly the same, but I think that that's a really good idea. I know I, I can only think of one other band I know um, from that time period. Danger, Danger had the singer leave, and then he he wrote something and they had a problem with the original singer. I don't know if they left, he left, but whatever. You know, goes <laughs> they brought somebody else in, and then he, they sang, and then they decided to put everything in. And so he, they sued, whatever. So the whole label just put everything on the shelf. Then it got re-released years later mm-hmm. as each singer. So it's a double oh. with each singer singing different versions of, of what they wrote. Which is kind wow. of a cool thing for a fan because, yeah, most fans you generally judge versions of the band, you yeah. know. Um, I, so it's kind of a cool thing. So you doing that is kind of a, a really nice. Uh, the songs need to be heard. Let me, let's just say that. So it, you know, it's kind of up to the listener to decide what version that they want to play. We're not going to charge you anymore because we're doing two versions. <laughs> it's you know, it's yeah. just it's our it, it's just our way of coming to terms and and you know in being putting out and getting the music to, to people's ears. I mean, it, it, it it's great stuff and I'm super proud of it and stuff sounds- I, I think people like that. I think more people like it than, you, than they put out in the commercially. What people think about it is they enjoy the journey. That's why artists can put out demos. You're like, oh, I didn't know that song or you talk about Motley Crue. They have some demos out of things. You're like totally different lyrics for like yeah. Dr. Feelgood. You, you know, you hear it, you're like, what? <laughs> you know, I, but um, but for when any artist does that, it's really, it's really a fun journey, you know? That it goes there so like to hear two different finished products yeah it's you're... pretty exciting and creative at first i was like huh <laughs> and then i was like you know once like, the, no once rules it, right exactly well it's thank true you. exact thank you so you've been doing that to enough, me for like a week now <laughs> enough said i had it coming to you you did i, I had it coming to me yes thank you that's the mantra I, it, man it, I know it is pretty good. So from there, you did a couple. What are the bands that you do? Because I know you were like, it seems like it was so close with so many good songs, and just the industry from well, early '90s up until recently, and then it's got turned over anyway with Napster. It's been so hard to get a good product out, no matter how good you are. What's going on? The time is whatever the type of music is. It's always labeled. Yeah, you know. You know, I don't know if it's just age or I've been doing this as I, I you know, I've been in bands since. Um, junior high, <laughs> one band to the next led me out to led, led me out to California in '87. Got signed to RCA. All the dreams of you know rock and roll stardom. What's you know whatever touring videos. They all came true. It was mm-hmm. fantastic, you know. And uh, I, but I, I, at this point in my career, uh, musically, I mean, I've been doing it. I'm never going to stop doing it. And, it, but at some point I, I just have, I don't really have any attachment anymore to the outcome of things. You know, if that makes any sense, I, I'm going to put it out if, and uh, the creative process and what I do will not stop, you know, and, and if people search me and, and they find me and that, you know, that's, you find my body of work. <laughs> so, well, it sounds like you've been not worried about which most do on them and he loves what people think of us or what, how it's going to perform or how we're going to succeed at work or how good our cars or how good how good the album's going to chart who's going to like the music even though it's good how many people are going to hear it is a record label going to support you're like you know what i'm not a matter 
I'm it doesn't not really matter. To it at all. Right. I so that's what I'm saying. So you've got to that point where it's, it is a Zen moment. You know what I mean? Where you're not like Kick Tracy dealing with like RCA and we need to do this video for $300,000 or we need you this. And you're like, I hope, I hope we sell enough units so we can get another album next year. You're not there. You're not, you're not that mindset anymore. I'm not. I just, it's, I, if, if I just figure if I just keep doing the work and as I've always done, you know, the, the same process and the same thing that I was doing that got me signed to RCA in, in, in 89 or 88 or whatever it was, I'm, you know, there's no saying it can't happen again. The dream really is still the same. It hasn't changed for me, you know, at all. I, it, I'm, I feel clear. I feel creative. I'm inspired, you know, and it's life's good. But I think what people think is the, right. But I think that is the dream. I think what people think of what they thought it was going to be Led Zeppelin throwing TVs out over into the into the water, yeah, with exactly. red snappers and stuff. And but the reality of what that is is look what happened. The drummer died, and like everything happened, and, and, and they had some great albums. And yeah. you know, but beyond that, you know, Robert Plant changed his career, different songs, and did do it. He had some financial success, and money's always good. But beyond that, you are kind of like living. You know, you're not Zeppelin, but you're performing with all these great artists. You're still out there. Your music's still relevant. Thank you. It's, you know, and you're, you, you, and as you get older, I mean, basically when you get older, a lot of musicians, like you play guitar or whatever, but the voice goes. And, and, and now here's something I always like to talk about. Obviously, I've heard your voice. You have a lot of stuff. It's not, it hasn't gone at all. But a lot of artists love to write songs when they're younger. But they like to regret when they're later on because then they got to play it lower. First off, the songs you've done, you've always sang in your key. You don't really have to change it. Anything I've heard, I, I could be wrong. Um, and, and then as you've done more, your 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 first solo album, 2013, Golden. Um, Golden, thank you. Pretty mellow. And then for an album. So really, you're not gonna, it's, it's, you can perform it until you're even in a wheelchair. <laughs> they can push you out to the audience and you can still do it. Yeah. You know, because your voice is just strong. Um. That was what a joy of a record to make. I mean, I that again, that's just golden is just me just not trying to force anything, just it, 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 it just, just letting it happen very naturally. You know, that it was, feels like it. it, it feels like, like when I heard the, the new leaf thing, I'm like, oh, it's really cool. But after you're in Big Western Sky and trance, golden is what really feels like that was the piece, like, so yep. like. New Leaf to me hearing that recently, I wasn't aware of that. I'm like, oh, it's really cool. Was not expecting that to be the sound because, you know, that transition over really feels very natural. It just feels like that's what the evolution was in your songwriting. I want to evolve. I, 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 there's definitely a conscious decision to want to evolve. I don't, I'm not going to forever be Kate Tracy. I don't, you know, I think we, we might be the last band that hasn't, re, you know, done a reunion <laughs> from the Sunset Strip <laughs> and, and, you know, gone on the, I don't know, rock Mahomas or what, you know, whatnot. Although I, I, I think you enter- should, I would entertain it though. I'll be honest with I'll you. Tell you. I'm a lot of those guys it. are making some good change and flying out on the weekends and then flying back and have the weekend being like a regular family, having a house, a car, and a mortgage, then did rocking out on the weekends and getting cash. You got some guitars behind you. You want to join the band? <laughs> Let's do it. You got a missing number. Let's go. I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm considering it right now, actually, to be honest with you. Here, here's the thing: you are established. You are you, and this is. And there's a lot of artists now from actually from that genre, which is, I, mean, I guess, in the classic maybe legacy. I, I don't know what you want to call it. I hate, I hate to put a term that's not. Where you can have your band that you're known for, and it's I like to call it your satellite, which is why everybody knows who you are on many levels. A lot of good things for you, and then sometimes people are like, "Oh, it's a good and bad thing." But from there, you've established yourself as a solo artist with a lot of bands that have had you come. You have your own albums. You can do your own stuff. You perform on your own. You can do both. You aren't Kick Tracy. You were the voice of Kick Tracy, but you're more Stephen. Oh, that's I see him from Kick Tracy. Or Kick Tracy's singer is Stephen. Like it's not. It's interchangeable. Thank you. I, I, you're welcome. I just think you're beyond that identity. I think and there's a lot of artists that are are doing it now. Like actually, how about Bang Tango, Mark Knight? He can do both now. Agreed. Fantastic. Great solo artist. Great singer. Great guitar player. Yeah. Also, just rocks in Bang Tango. And if, I think McHangus, we do some original stuff now. They might be doing like one of the Rock Homes or MV3. I, I, oh, MV3. good, good. So, so, so what I'm saying is, but he's also got a great album out right now, and he's got both. I agree. Mark Knight actually has a writing credit. He wrote, uh, he's, he's responsible for a, uh, a song on the Zen from Mars, the last track called Celestial. 
Oh, really? So, note to self. There's a little fact that you, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. See, cool. but that's exactly what I'm saying. There's just so much right now. And I think the dust is cleared. I think because of the internet and, and the record labels are fighting and trying to keep a hold of everything. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know, new rock, new metal, and everyone's kind of struggling to find their spot. And the labels are kind of pushing you down because you had to be a certain sound. Yeah. Well, now there's no power anymore. You can go on your computer and you can send me some songs. We can talk <laughs> now. We can be yeah. in my basement. You can be there. And they have no control. It's literally the the audience for the most part. I mean, any algorithm, that's a stupid algorithm. But it's also <laughs> the audience. Go, <laughs> oh, algorithm. Get off my front lawn, algorithm. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's just such a, a thing where you can just do whatever you, you, you want, you know? It is. It's. I mean, uh, you're my. This is my second Zoom experience. To be honest with you, I, 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 I'm really. I, I don't know. I'm a. I wouldn't say I'm an anti-social media guy. It's like, yeah. But I don't. I. Uh, it's another thing. I really just do not. Um, Which I noticed that was kind of odd. I'm like, you have an album out, but there isn't really much of a media presence out there. <laughs> I, I'm looking for a good publicist. <laughs> so what can I tell you? I. I, I it, it, I, I feel strange and I always have, um, it's wonderful like to talk like this, the way we are, I, Yeah. but I don't know, I've, I've just always, even when we were signed to RCA, I, I, there, it's just a, such a strange, um, you know, um, the, the, commerce in, in music has just been a very, um, you know, well, and, and, and to watch that is the questions of people that, and you watch an interview and you try, sometimes you have to hit the same certain things, but a lot of the artists, you sit there and you watch them and it's the same question. And I actually talked to Ricky Rackman about this thing. It's like the same question. They're like, and we were talking about like, what's the worst question you think anybody's ever heard? So I said, you know, one time I heard somebody said, Bruce Dickinson, they go, and you know, they're crazy, you know, like Brazil loves Aiden. <laughs> I love Aiden, but they're like, Bruce Dickinson, you're the best dick in the world. How do you feel? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And I, I said to him, I said, so look at here, like, like, like Nero and Rome was burning in his eyes. And he's like, it's, it's a compliment and, and they're fans and you've got a certain yeah. respect, but you hear it over and over I, and over. And there's so much else like talking about, and it was an artist, you know, let's talk about your album. Like, you know, the first thing I think of you, I don't think of Tracy. I think of that, the line, you know, and one of my favorite like lyric lines was, is, is from you with, um, and you're so strange about being the melody and changing the key. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. And, and and that's what I fell in love. I heard that line. I was like, that's brilliant. Because being in bands, it's like you're thinking, you're writing, I was writing lyrics. I'm like, I love that. I love how that. I'm, I'm from and also like, hey, Yeah. yeah. I'm and, from and Melody, keep changing keys. Sorry. Yeah. And, and before you, you also do a line which says like, like, uh, I forgot how, no, I know I'm drawing a blank, but like you're, oh, I think about you and then you think about me. It's almost like the same thing in two lines in a row, which is almost like you don't usually do that, but you flip it. So, which is, again, yeah. it's another interesting twist in a song, which is a nor- not a normal rock Thing at the time and the timing was a little different yeah. although <laughs> you do that your little in the song i just thought about this, you do that kind of sound you make oh and actually the... before slither because then you really think about slither what scott Wyland did and slither oh, does that sound. Wow. really think about it i just thought about that that was another weird kind of similarity interesting right i love that song damn i do too but you know what i'm saying i, I never do. thought about the because i never heard anything before i'm like wait a minute that's a first. We just discovered that, right? Isn't that crazy? But, so let's talk about your new album. I love it. You know, um, listen to it. Silver Linings. Where, where did you download it from? Hopefully you got a good download, man. What a shit show trying to get that thing. I, I don't know. I've never run into some more. Anyway, hopefully you got wait, wait, so the, the newest, yes. Um, Where's your last, uh, was, it, was it Black um, Patience was your last Patience. single? Was that your last Black single Patience. you did? Are you gonna have another one or what? Are you gonna do more singles? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm gonna do another video. Do yeah. Another single. Yeah. I think you have uh, black patience and you have black lacquer on the same album. I know a lot of black. I just you know, there's on. other colors, Stephen. <laughs> there's a black squirrel out here too, <laughs> right? I know it fits lyrically with the songs, but I'm just like, I was like, that's really funny. I never. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I just uh. I love this record, to be honest with you. I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve. What can I tell you? I'm an honest songwriter. I, you know, sometimes I feel like a, you know, those songs were all written on uh, my my new love, which is piano. You know, and I don't even consider myself a piano player. I literally everything that you hear me playing on there is literally, I, it's just by ear. You know, I'm just, mm-hmm. 
feeling it out and working out that the song structure and yeah, it's like hitting one chord on a guitar and you sing a line, you know, that's, that's yeah. how I write. Um, so I'm proud of it in that sense that, you know, uh, the song Stay, for instance, off of Golden, that was the first song I ever wrote on uh, piano. So, um, and so I, it, Silver Linings just, is just kind of like a, a, a progression. Of, it of feels stay. like, like uh, a, a stronger confidence as yourself as a solo artist. Thank you. Like it's a, well, you're welcome. Like it is like, it's not like the other one's a good album, but as an artist, you want to keep growing. And it feels like you're just, you know, the first album, that, like the first that gold was you, you bought a nice pair of jeans. Now you're going to wash a few times. They feel good. <laughs> Woo. You're going to go out you can do a lot of things. You can eat some extra food. You're comfortable. Yeah. The, you can be you. That's what yeah. it feels like. It's, it's really feels like you're kind of really fitting into it even more now. And you're branching out. I'm hearing a little more different. Your voices are a little different. I can hear almost, um, Bleeding through, I could say maybe a little bit of Lennon and David Bowie-ish influences in the in the way the vo vocals are done, not actually being David Bowie or, or John Lennon, or the spacing between some of the songs, sure. For sure. Um, yeah. as they've done mellow songs, which really to me is a compliment because those are really good songwriters. So um, It's received as one. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, and it's not like you hear you go, oh, that's a John Lennon song, because it's not that. I just, the way I listen to things, anyway, I really pick apart songs and... Um, no, it's also well well produced. I like I like who uh, who produced it. That is a gentleman by the name of Bernie Larson. Uh, he, who does to him? I, he and I did Golden together as well. Yeah, he does he's feel also, like they're similar. He's also kind of almost pretty much my one man band. Yeah. So I I'll, I'll either lay down an acoustic track or piano track, and we start building around that. It's it's really it's it's it's, 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 it's a solid nice. album, and it's it's really I, um. The continuity on it feels feels even better than the than the first one too. I just listen to it uh, sometimes. Well, obviously, when you're making it, you're listening to it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and then a lot, and then a long space of time will go by, and then I, I just listen to it again. I, I'm in Minnesota right now. That's where I'm, mm -hmm. all my family is, and I came back here to see some some of them. And and uh, but I was in my rental car. I think actually coming from the airport. Was, you know hit play on that thing and very uh, it, it probably been about a month and a half since i listened to it and oh, it's just really pleasantly surprised <laughs> and and proud and yeah. um, and just really happy with it satisfied you know it's like I, of course i can pick things apart but i just don't you know it's it, to me that's just not part of the the, the I enjoy kind of just making decisions and living with them and not, you know, looking back. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to. And I mean, really, and just like, Gold's got a lot of good songs in them. And it feels like a Southern kind of, and it has a nice rhythm to it. Thank you. Thank you. And with this yeah. album, it really feels like they're served up. It stays, like I said, continuity, but it feels like they're also, they also stand a little more on their own. Like they're, the sound, each one sounds a little bit more different. So it feels like this one has more flavors on it. Cool. I don't even think my best is yet. I, I think my best is yet to come. To be honest with you. I so, still feel like I'm, keep writing. I, said, I, I think I got. Yeah, I just I'm. I feel good. I think you had. A, you shouldn't wait like seven years. You're not Guns and Roses between albums. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the ongoing joke with the Zen from Mars thing. Every time Drew and I would talk, it's like we're doing the Chinese democracy thing. You know, right. it's just it was getting ridiculous. But it's, we're, it's we're so long. <laughs> When that stuff comes out, I, I think you're going to be. Uh, there's some, there's some really good stuff on there. I'm, I'm excited. I heard that once, like just hearing that one song, it's like, wow, it's really good. Mm, thank you. Great bunch of players on it and everything else. I'll be glad to hear that come out too. Yeah. Um, so in between all this stuff, you joking about time between the albums. You actually, so you did, you did uh, who? You did some singing for the. Uh, how that happened? That's pretty cool. Well, I, I <laughs> back in uh, late. Uh, 2000s, 05, 06 ish. Um, mm -hmm. I tried to move back to Minnesota. <laughs> I, I, I moved out to uh, California in, in 87. Uh, I, I, I always, I don't think a year went by where I was like, oh, you know, might head back. It calls me, you know, but and then there's always that thing like, oh, I can't go back home yet. It's not, it's not time. Um, Anyway, I tried to do it with this girl I was dating, and, and uh, but 
no more than six, seven months being here, I got a call from <clears throat> for an opportunity, uh, and the opportunity was to audition for uh, the Who's musical staging of Quadrophenia, which I don't know if you're familiar with that piece. Oh, yeah. So yeah, and and they needed the lead, Jimmy, the mod, and I was like, sure, and they, I flew back. trying to get the, the timeline right here but I, I actually might have been in California visiting some friends when I got that call and I said sure and they're like come down to the airport such and such um, hotel at, at the LA you know near LAX airport mm -hmm. be here in two hours <laughs> it's like I live up in like Santa Barbara ish and um, I'm like okay now I'm 55 Let me get my time machine yeah <laughs> I'm 55 and I know, obviously I know the who, but I never owned the who records that they were mm -hmm. like the, the big brother. I don't have the yeah, big brother, but like too. my best friends, big brothers who like, if you were like two or three older years older than we are, um, uh, or I am, then, then they actually own the records and you know, that they were living that stuff. But I knew it, you know, from classic rock radio, nevertheless, I pick up, I grab quadrophenia hop in my car start driving to the airport i'm listening to you know love rain on me listening to all the stuff whatever doing the thing i go in and uh, uh the producer and one of the producers is a guy by the name of bill coin i don't know if you know the name bill coin or not but he's right. famous for you know early kiss days right. you'll see his name on every Kiss record, you know, through the seventies and up probably to the eighties and, and on. But um, famous Kiss manager, so he was one of the uh, executive producers on this show. And it was Bill Coyne and this other Bill, the, the other producer, and the musical director, who was Bryn Arns. They had, you know, who, they had chosen Bryn Arns, the guitar player here in Minneapolis, the flip guy, to be the musical director, and that's kind of how they got my name, and that's how I ended up there. I walk in this, this hotel room and I, to a boom box, uh, I don't even think the, it was a boom box. I just, I literally just acapella sang Love Rain On Me. And it was like the silence came over the room and they all looked at each other and go, I think we got our guy. <laughs> it's like, you know, we all walked out of there. I, I, it, it all was just so, we, we walked out of the, the, you know, downstairs, got in a limo, headed down, you know, down to uh, Orange County to, to this dude's, you know, uh, I, you know, pal palatial yeah. mansion and whatever, and we're having, you know, celebrating and da-da-da-da. So we ran this show and, you know, put it up and it was a, it was, a, it was an amazing piece. It was a, probably a 28 person cast um we showcased it for uh roger and bill kirbishly at uh you know uh, for you know for those two and 300 people so many stories anyway when that whole thing ended we, ultimately we were trying to um the producers that they they didn't want to uh, do anything with it until they had Pete Townsend's blessing, which is understandable. He's the author in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But in hindsight, we didn't need his blessing. You know? No, but you don't want him crapping all over it in Rolling Stone magazine back then or something yeah, to exactly. get the fans against you. It's not going to help you, the, the machine. We were, we were getting rave reviews and Roger, you know, even after the, the, the thing that we did for him, he, he pulls me aside. I mean, I'll never forget this. The guy, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I, let's just say I'm not like a star fox. I, I, I leave people alone. I have no, I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't, I, I don't want my whole image of anyone blown. Let's just put it that way. You know, <laughs> I just, yeah. I have no interest. Just, anyway, he comes up to me and he says, uh, he, you know, pulls me aside and he shakes my hand and he says, he goes, I just want you to know, man, he goes, maybe you make me want to sing those songs again. And I'm like, wow. Thanks, dude. And and that was our only two, our only exchange, you know, it was beautiful. Anyway. I wouldn't want to talk to him again. You might ruin it, right? That was it. That was it. <laughs> Don't Thank say anything you. to I, me. I you might say up, something normal to you or something. <laughs> yeah. 
is beautiful. But uh, so it was, you know, the, this two years of running this show, it, it seemed like this, the, the constant, like trying to get Pete's approval uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, through different a avenues, the people that, you know, hold, uh, that handle his, uh, all his theatrical rights and yeah. this and the other, blah, blah, blah. Never happened, or at least no one could two say Two years of trying? I would have lasted probably two weeks and I'm done. I have no patience. Yeah. Um, so that ended. I'm just going to tell you a real quick Pete story. But so it, it all ended. And he, all of a sudden, like two months after the whole thing kind of fizzled, um, I'm standing in this, uh, like this uh, shopping this thing it's called Maxwell's I think or something like that in, in Beverly Hills you, you like literally need like an appointment to go shop for shit and uh silly I was just dating a girl that was had the money but <laughs> anyway uh so I'm standing there and I'm like thumbing through you know these blazers and I look to my left and there's Pete Townsend there's no one else in this in this in this it, it's like me and Pete and a few salespeople. And again, going back on like me not wanting to ever, you know, approach, or et cetera. I, in this circumstance, I, I definitely felt like I, I got to say something to him, you know, and I just, you know, look, I feel like I need to introduce myself to you. I'm, I'm my name's Stephen Chereau. I play the part of Jimmy and you know, Bill Schultz's production of, of uh, Quantum. He's like, oh, right, right, right. I mean, the guy just lights up. I mean, you hear all these nightmare stories about him, you know, et cetera, whatever <laughs> it was that. They're talking, you know, anyway, right, quads, you know, and he just goes off and he just starts, talk, we talk for probably 30 minutes. He's, you know, to the salespeople, this bloke who plays the star in one of my, you know, you know, uh, you know musical opera, Quadrophenia, you know, he's just writes down his email address. And to this day, I sort of got, I can like send him an email and he just, you know, how are you, mate? You know, <laughs> just, that's awesome. So, yeah, it, it was pretty pretty wild to find you know for two years we're like trying to like where's pete where he just like where's waldo and then all of a sudden it kind of like all fizzles out and there i'm standing right next to him and to have that moment with him it was crazy but anyway um so that's how i i became you know i started i was singing all the quadrophenia stuff you know the, the mm -hmm. real me and all that stuff and the band that was in that production was a who tribute band and an amazing band. And when the whole thing was over, they would ask me to come out as Jimmy the Mod in the wartime coat and this, that, and the other. And I'd go up and sing a, you know, go up as Jimmy and do a little mini quadrophenia set. And then they were like, dude, you gotta be our Roger. And I'm like, no, I do not. <laughs> like, you gotta be our Roger. And I'm like, no, no, no. And they finally got me to do it. And it's been, I tell you what, well, I'm, I'm in a whole new, a different band. Uh, it, it, we're called the Who Generation, but it, we this band is a, is a it's a pretty badass machine i mean we we, we didn't play them we played for a year and we just did a gig in arizona and it was like and it, you know just didn't miss a beat you know it's, it's really it's it's really fun to play with people that um as a singer you know you you it just um you never have to worry about what's going on behind you it's just there you know the way you <laughs> what so what band is this what's the name it's of this it's called the Who Generation. It's a, it's a tribute to the Who. It's just another side gig that well, I just do. say no because what's the game? Your media presence. It's not even like a footprint. It's like a shadow. It's like <laughs> with the well, sun I, going by really fast. The shadow going. Quick look. There goes Stephen. Well, you know because I I, I don't, I'm not sure if there's a rhyme or reason for that. It's just because I don't really have. They just tell me where, when, and how much. <laughs> you no, know, like I don't even think you have like a, you don't have a website. Like you know, like hey, I'm playing here. I'm doing these. These are some of the gigs. You know, like a lot of artists. You know, you're a performer. You sing. You go places. You know, this is a, this is what I'm doing here. Here's here's some of my here's all my different albums I've done with different acts. Yeah. Here's all here's all Stephen in one place. Maybe that's too much Stephen for people. Maybe you think you need to disperse it. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I like to dig. I had to dig a lot to find your stuff, and still it's. Not okay. as easy. Okay. Like I said, I'm, I'm looking for a good publicist. <laughs> because in, because people want to hear it and they enjoy it. I mean, if someone okay. knew, like, oh, you're, you know, you might draw more fans in by 
Obviously, Absolutely. you learn people that are who fans are going, oh, Steven, I know I didn't know you from you in that band, as I'm sure some Kick Tracy fans are going, oh, you doing the who? I'll go see you at that gig. They would never know it was me in that band because I'm doing the whole, it's full on rock and roll theater. We're doing the wig, the whole thing. I mean, it's 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 quite a show. I mean, Probably I'm, making people happy. Steven, what happened to your hair? <laughs> <laughs> Number one awful question. <laughs> Why don't you have long hair anymore? I got some. Because like you're like because I'm getting older and I don't want to have long hair. Why do you, why don't you have long hair? Why don't you go? You know yeah. people are like that. You don't look like you used to. I'm like you need to go do some sit ups instead of judging people. But you know that's the most rewarding thing about that that gig though is that people it, it is making people happy. I mean you, you you wouldn't believe you know for them to come out and hear those that music and and the the, the new appreciation that I have for the who you know over mm-hmm. the last 10 years has just been like profound man i mean I, I i love it and that's and that's soul rock and roll roger daltrey is a soul singer i'm sorry man that guy's a yeah, original mod yeah love it so i have a couple of early who albums in my final collection i got a big final collection too so i can appreciate the who oh, on many levels you, you so i think it's really awesome like once again i didn't know that and like i said if you were around i'd go that's a show i go see it's like oh you know what i mean it's cool you, you got to find a, you gotta get some presents, you, you know, this is awesome. So with everything you're doing, you, hopefully are you going to do any touring with this album as COVID kind of does you support your album at all? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you were so laid back about everything. Huh? <laughs> you were so laid back about everything. You're like, oh, I don't know. I couldn't imagine ordering food with you. You'd make me crazy at a restaurant. What do you want, Stephen? You're like, ah, do you oh, want to get, ah, uh, what do you ever you want? I'd be like, Steve, I'm starving. <laughs> Before we get to the restaurant, decide what you want, Stephen. <laughs> I have no problem ordering food. Um, no, and just... I don't really have a problem making music for such decisions. But touring, in, you know, it's such a strange world out there right now. I don't know. It's just like, you know, um, uh, I would love to support it. I'd love to support. I, I, really, I would like to put together a the consummate kind of Stephen. I, I, you know, I'd love I, I'd love to do the some zfm i'd do the some kt i'd put do all of it I'd yeah do some, i'd do some who i would do some solo stuff i think it would be a hell of a show there, there's a constant thread between all those that actually tie them all together too it wouldn't be like something something doesn't belong in here you know what i mean you haven't gone off the track where all of a sudden there's like i didn't hear a rap song in that album like you know what i'm saying yeah. it's not like something so like i didn't expect that like it's you're like you know yeah. what you're gonna get <laughs> yeah no, no that would really throw off some people though <laughs> yeah that rap uh, album he did in the 80s yeah he was with uh, the fat boys you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> i would love to support it i want i look forward to getting out and playing live original music soon so excellent i want to say i i, I want to end on this note so um i was watching some of your live performances and it's thank god for youtube right i wow. really enjoy when a, when, a, when a vocalist has control of their voice this one is the, the soft loud voice when you know how to use the microphone, you pull it back, but you get loud. And and and, but the trick is a lot of people don't know. You, obviously, you're, you're seasoned is being in different sized venues. If you're in a in a club or a bar, there's people in the room, the sound, the effects. Yeah, got a little math to do in your head yeah. to project to use that yeah. crappy microphone ahead, like you know SF57 with you know nailing in nails with the microphone and it's beard, and you're like, here you go. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then you have to project yourself and how to to figure it out, to own it in that short period of time, to not sound like he didn't sound right type of deal. You, you deliver. Well, thank at least you. what I saw. I mean, thank you, thank you. I, I uh, it, it all has to do with that room and and um, like you said, all you, all those things. Uh, kind of at this point for me, I'm kind of just it's 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 like it's a bicycle, dance. probably right? It's a dance, kind of, yeah. Um, but but people don't think of that. They're like, oh, you'll see a band. You know what I'm saying? You see somebody and they're like, sure, that band talked to. They did this. I'm like, yeah, but the room was half filled, or they had cement, or like, I'm like, there's way more than that. The sound, they didn't have their gear. It's a lot of other parts to to just. Yeah, I like an yeah. empty room <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Oddly enough, it sounds amazing. Oh. Um, uh, no, I, I you know, but. Well, you know, my technique and, and, and I don't know, I, I guess I've just been doing it a long time. I appreciate you noticing that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, well, Steve, I want to thank you for being on the show. We'll be looking forward to new stuff from you. Um, we'll touch base again when you got some more stuff coming out. All their links, everything everyone knows is going to be underneath. 
where to check him out, his music, check out his new album, his old album. He's got stuff coming out, some Kick Tracy stuff. Yeah, now yeah. that uh, we've, we've figured it out, I'm going to be the fifth member of Kick Tracy. We're going to play the next M3. We've got, we've got a lot of big plans. Me and Steve have to talk about that. we got to figure yes. out the whole bus situation. <laughs> no. <laughs> but there's a lot of good stuff to check out from you. He has a lot of material out there, so people need to check it out and be aware of Thank you, brother. Right. You take care. Thank you. You as well, Mike. And I really appreciate okay. it. Thank you.